Hello, and welcome to Ask Mama Amy, a podcast promoting practical advice and resources for strong mothers. I'm your host, Amy Shao, single mom and estate planning attorney and founder of Shao Law. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to have Dr. Deb today with us. So Dr. Deb is a doctor of Chinese medicine, a teacher, and a mother. I am so excited to have you here, Deb. If you could say a couple words about yourself and let us know um, who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you so much for having me today, Amy. It's an honor to be here. So yeah, I am a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. I'm also a birth doula and a teacher and a mother myself. Um, I teach at college online. I also have my own birth preparation class. And basically, I am a birth geek. I'm all about birth and empowering expecting couples to have safe and healthy pregnancies by offering natural options through healthcare and, um, you know, just sharing, that's, sharing education. With that's that. lovely. Birth geek. I love that word. And I have to share that when I met um, Deb, I was actually pregnant with my son and I took Deb's hypnobirthing class, which turned out to be the most amazing thing I did at that time and totally helped me with a natural birth. And I just felt like people don't, aren't in general um, educated about this. And so Deb, would you mind sharing how, what was the, your own personal journey that led you to doing what you're doing now? Sure. I, I'm happy to share my journey. Um, so this goes back, gosh, like almost 21 years ago now. And I was pregnant for the first time with my first child. I had an uncompl uncomplicated, healthy pregnancy. And sadly, my baby died at the end. And um, she died when I was 40 weeks. She died inside of me. And I had to give birth to a dead baby. So it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But honestly, I can say this, you know, from the bottom of my heart, so many years later, I'm so grateful that that little soul came into my life because she made me who I am today. And I'm extremely passionate about birth, about helping women feel empowered through birth, feeling like they have options and choices. Um, after my, my loss, I did go on to have another uh, baby. So I have a daughter who's 19. She's healthy and beautiful. And I'm so grateful for everything um, from there. Um, so yeah, so I kind of have turned around the worst thing in my life and made it the best thing in my life because my career is 100% focused around birth now. That is just amazing. And I can't even imagine, like even just hearing you say like at 40 weeks, that's pretty further down the line and you have all these hopes and dreams. I imagine like when I was like 40, I was like so ready. And I had built up a relationship already mentally, like with my baby and my belly and yeah. Something so hard. Yeah. So hard. And I really, I really grieved hard. Um, thankfully, I did have support and my family helped me get support. I found through San Diego Hospice. I found some online groups and really, you know, unfortunately, infant death and pregnancy loss is not something really talked about much in our culture. And people just say, oh, you can have another one. And that's really sad to me because if I lost my mother or my sister or my best friend, even nobody would ever say, oh, you can get another one. So I think that, um, you know, when women have loss and they have difficulty conceiving, it's really nice to help share hope and give them some more options so that they can learn about not only conceiving, but then carrying a healthy baby to term, giving birth safely and feeling um 
healthy and happy, not just, oh, well, you have a healthy baby, what a lot of people say. And, you know, I'm very concerned about the mom's mental health and how, how is she feeling after the birth? And did she have the experience she wanted or does she need more support? And how can we help her through this? Very yeah. Time? And yeah, I, I just love the a focus attention on that period of time, which nobody talks about. People just expect you to have a healthy baby, but what do you do? Like, oh, and the mom kind of disappears in this whole process. Well, what about the mom? Yes. <laughs> like you mentioned, <laughs> well, the pain and the emotional burden, and sometimes people go through tensions and their relationships and that are not talked about. Right. And, and so how do you, and I remember at that time when I took your hypnobirthing class, that was just so helpful because you were bringing that concept to the couples who are going through it. So can you share a little bit about how you approach these? Sure. Yeah. I, you know, I'm no longer teaching hypnobirthing. I'm so happy I had that education and information, but then from that, I've kind of created my own course. And so I have a pre-recorded course where people can sign up to do um, online live classes with me. But I think it's really important that women and really the couple educate themselves about the birth process, educate themselves about what could happen, what maybe they want to happen, maybe what they don't want to happen, and to maybe come up with a plan. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, well, let me say it this way. Most people give birth in the hospital, and that's fine in the United States, but most women come out of their birth really upset. And, and for being in the field 20 years and working fertility, pregnancy, postpartum clinically, and coming back and seeing my pregnant patients come back, telling me their birth stories and crying and sobbing and feeling like they were not heard, they were not listened to, their partners were shoved out of the room, all sorts of horrific things. And, and sadly, this has created you know, birth trauma for a lot of women. And then their fear of getting pregnant again and doing it again and being part of the systems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So based on all these clinical experience and what would you say are the top common misconceptions that people have about this whole birthing process and what's what would you recommend them do? Like the top, let's just say top three. What are some of the top three mistakes or misconceptions, if you will, okay. uh, people have? I would say, you know, the top three is, um, one is they need to get educated. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, if you're going to go run a marathon, I'm sure you're going to read books or watch YouTube videos and yeah. learn about like, how do I have the endurance to do that? How would I prepare, you know, train, whatever. And so, I think the first thing is getting themselves educated. And it's very important that if you are planning to give birth in a hospital, which is totally fine, that you take a class outside of the hospital because patient after patient, year after year, client after client has told me, oh, you mean the class at the hospital where they teach you how to be a good patient? Because a lot of times they're teaching you their rules and routines. This is our policy and procedure. This is how we do things but that's not how it has to be or is not done in a lot of places. So here in San Diego, um, it's very diverse in terms of hospitals where people give birth. So even the education for researching C-section rates or re researching induction rates for specific doctors and hospitals, 
because what I'm seeing is a lot of women wanting natural births, normal, healthy women with no health concerns, their baby's fine, everything's fine. And then they're planning to give birth in a hospital. And so what a lot of people aren't aware of is that in 80% of the world, there's 80% midwives. Like the United States is one of the few countries that really doesn't do us justice in terms of, um, we have 80% doctors caring for the majority of our women and midwives care for normal, healthy women having normal, healthy babies. So if, if people would know that and realize that there is a shift in the medical care that they would receive if they're seen by a midwife, including they don't induce women, you know, they, they encourage them to get acupuncture and acupressure and do things naturally. So there's, there's just so many ways people could get educated. So, okay. So the first common misconception about birth is that Oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to let, yeah. you know, let it slide. I'm just going to, my first birth, we'll just see how it goes. No. So, <laughs> so you must get educated is number one. Second advice I would say is hire a doula. Hiring a birth doula. Um, a birth doula is kind of like a labor coach. It's going to, she or he will support you and your partner. Um, a lot of times the husbands are like, thank God you're here. Um, you know, or the, even the wives say, I, you know, thank God you were there for my husband because the women can't relax. If yeah. their guy's all stressed out and like, oh, he doesn't know what's happening. And, you know, you see their woman so different than they might have ever seen them in their lives. So, um, so yeah, so a doula would be the second thing. And then the third thing is really, um, understanding, you know, I think that difference between understanding the difference between midwife and OB is really paramount because when I was born in the 1970s, the United States had um, a C-section rate of like seven to 10%, normal, healthy numbers. You know, it's an emergency surgery, saving babies, saving moms, saving lives. But at this point in the United States, the average C-section rate is 34% nationally. So one in three women are having major abdominal surgeries. Now, I don't want any woman to ever feel bad about having a C-section. My concern is that they're performing unnecessary C-sections. There's too many C-sections. It becomes easier for the doctors to just like, oh, you know, I'm end of my shift. Let's cut you up. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I've attended over 200 and some odd births in my career as a birth doula and an acupuncturist. So I've seen some things firsthand. And so I think in my experience, the women coming out of birth the happiest have midwives. And if, if you can't because of a high risk, you have diabetes or something, totally understandable. But even finding the right hospital or birthing facility that's going to be open to what you want in the end early on is would be really important because there's a lot people can do ahead of time and I've worked with so many families and, and women who change providers at 38 weeks because they realize oh my gosh like what's what's happening here so I really am able to help um, people navigate the medical system and understand better what they're going to potentially have to deal with in a birth situation.
what a valuable service you provide. I personally benefited so much and I have personal like testimony on the doula <laughs> and, and the doula was just amazing. Like it, honestly, like she just knew the natural rhythm of breathing. You know, when I, my, my belly was like acting up and then she was just able to help me go through the whole process. And I remember also like going to you for acupuncture, right? Like my, my baby at that time was rich in an odd position. <laughs> And then somehow, I don't know how you do it, but somehow it's just with a few needles and then the baby became in proper position. So can you help us understand how does acupuncture help in the whole, um, you know, preparation process and preparing for the birth? That's a great question. Um, so acupuncture is all about balance in your body. So if you have pain or disease, there's some kind of imbalance. Now, pregnancy and birth is not a disease. There's no pathology in that. But how we can help with the birth process is one, excuse me, most women are very nervous around the, the time of um, their birth. Like women get about 28 weeks and they kind of look down, they're like, this thing's coming out where? What? I don't want to do it. What fear? So a lot of things we can do is to help with the anxiety um, we can help turn on all the right hormones for birth and increasing uh, the, the, the good hormones, the happy hormones. So women come in for acupuncture and they feel so much less stressed. I'll often play guided meditations from the hypnobirthing if they're about to have a baby, you know, just to help them really connect with their body, connect with their baby and the process that they're about to go through. Um, so I feel like it really can help relax the muscles, the sinews, definitely calm their mind and really turn on the right hormones to get them prepared for the birth. Yeah. And especially I feel like personally, like as educated women, like we tend to be very much in the head, at least I speak for myself. I'm all in my head, analyzing everything, making sure or analyzing the pros and cons. But birthing is such a natural process you have to get in tune with your body, which I was not trained for. Yeah. So I had to unlearn right? What I ha had always been trained for and then to really get into my body and not think too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tell women all the time, the, the one thing that you need to do when you're in labor is relax. Yes. And people are like, hard for me to do. How do we do that? So, <laughs> yeah. And, and with the acupuncture, you're saying bringing balance and the hormones. And so with those hormones, it also relaxes the body and brings in more better mental health as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Kind of just brings the body into homeostasis. So if she's really stressed and she's not sleeping and her back hurts, you know, it, it's an ability to kind of address all the things. And then usually we talk about uh, preparation of labor uh, versus like a, a natural promotion of labor treatments. Mm -hmm. So once a woman hits about term 36, 37 weeks, they often will come once a week, just getting their body ready. Mm -hmm. uh, once they hit 38 weeks, which I believe across the U.S. is considered term in all the states, um, they might come twice a week. And so we can just stimulate them a little bit stronger. And, you know, it's kind of like the body's natural progression of, um, doing the acupuncture and some women I see them once 
and boop, they have the baby the next day. I get a picture of a little baby, you know, whatever. And some people I wind up treating four or five times. Uh, and so, you know, I've noticed trends over time, like the average pregnancy is 280 days. So that's a 28 day cycle times 10 months which nobody realizes pregnancy is 10 months until you get pregnant, right? <laughs> but yeah. I've noticed like if women have longer cycles, like if they were having 30, 32 day cycles and you times 10, then that's 320 days. Well, the state of California will legally allow us to go up to 42 weeks. Mm. So it's interesting. Sometimes I'll ask that, that question or good for women to know if they had longer menstrual cycles, they could potentially have a longer gestation cycle and based upon the state they're in um, you know in California where I live it's 42 weeks and if you're under the care of a midwife at midnight the day of the 42nd week the care terminates to an OB so it's just you know they they have to be induced so there are things women could do to proactively get their bodies a little more ready ahead of time if that's them. Gotcha. And what is the role between you and the midwife or the doula? Or do you work together? Oh, that's such a great question. I love to show this. So I'm like, this is the role of a doula. And this is the role of a midwife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I thought they're the same. Okay. Yeah. So the doula is all about their mental, emotional health or spiritual <laughs> health, physically helping them. I'm not touching vaginas as a doula. Uh -huh. uh, that is the midwife's responsibility. The health of the baby and the, the mother's birth is all on her. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we work collaboratively. Um, you know, if I walk into a birth situation, whether it's at a hospital, a birth center, or a home birth, I'm going to introduce myself to everybody there. Hi, I'm Deb the doula. I'm here to help. Please let me know how I can help you. So I've helped nurses change bed sheets, like whatever we need, you know, it's, this is, we're the team and we really just want to support the mom in the way that she needs us to. Yeah. And I love your comprehensive approach because very different from other acupuncturists that I have known, you have a very, um, just team approach, right? Your clients are not just, or patients are not just going to you for one acupuncture session. Oh, is your head hurting? Then I put poke the head or something. It's actually a very comprehensive, how do we care for the mom? So the mom is happiest at the end of the, the whole process, right? Yes, we want the moms happy and healthy. Mm -hmm. So would you share um, what is the most challenging part, um, or maybe uh, in, your, in your professional career or in your personal life, what's the most challenging thing you've experienced that you've come out of that gave you the strength that you have today and that makes you the strong mama you are today? You know, I think hands down, it's the loss of my child mm -hmm. and to have to go through labor and delivery with a dead baby at the end and you don't get your little prize at the end. And, you know, I begged them to C-sack me because I didn't want to have to go through it. And they said, no, because we want you to have another baby. So, you know, really like that is for sure that the most personalized thing that ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And um, it made me want to go to school. And I got a lot of support after my loss from Chinese medicine and with acupuncture and herbs. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to conceive very quickly and to go through that subsequent pregnancy after a loss. 
I think I have my babies too close together. So in Chinese medicine, one of the ways to deplete your energy for a woman is having too many babies too close together. So my Western doctor said, go ahead and have a baby after three months after my full-term loss. While my acupuncturist said, wait at least one year. I did not listen to them. I listened to the doctor. I got pregnant three months later and it took me about three years to recover from the, the back-to-back birth. So it just takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the challenging thing was losing my child. And, you know, I'm so grateful for the experience I had with that being for a, a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Because now I really, you know, I am so passionate about helping women make a difference in, in the world around birth. And it is a rite of passage. And it it's such a special time. And unfortunately, there's there's so much fear and confusion uh, around it with the medical system, with navigating the system, with, now with COVID and pandemic and birthing in a hospital during a pandemic. Like, it's just gotten... A little bit out of control so I really you know it's my life's work to help people have better births and have better better experiences we are so lucky to have you <laughs> and and I am just so amazed and impressed uh so what would your definition be a, um, of a strong mom be my definition of a strong mom would be an empowered educated woman who has a child or maybe she doesn't because there are moms out there who've had losses and, you know, so that, that's a hard one. But yeah, a strong mom is somebody who, who is empowered, educated, determined, uh, willing to go the extra mile for their child and um, just loves their kid with all their heart and soul kind of thing. I could do anything for their mom or for their, for their baby. So that will be my definition. <laughs> Wow. So how can people get a hold of you if they, um, and how can you be a resource to the local community? Well, thank you. Um, So my website is pushsandiego.com. I am currently teaching birth classes. We have a recorded version and we do a live one. Um, And yeah, so Push San Diego is the best website. You can also find me on social media, Dr. Deb Davies. I am out there or Push San Diego. I'm happy to connect with anyone. And I do offer free 15-minute consultations if there's uh, any moms wanting to work with me and needing a little more information. That's something that people can schedule right from my website as well. That's awesome. At what point, uh, time point should people be contacting you? Should it be after pregnancy or, you know, maybe three weeks after pregnant? Like what's the timeline? Yeah, I would say as soon as you're pregnant or, or <laughs> even if you're trying to get pregnant, there's a lot women can do or families can do ahead of time to find the right provider, find the right hospital, um, even change insurance sometimes or hospitals. A lot of women will do that because pregnancy is a 10 month process. And every fall, I think it's October, November, December area, we have that open enrollment time Mm -hmm. where women can change. So even if they just peed on a stick and they found out they're pregnant today, I I can talk to them because I think the more people plan ahead, the better their options are. That is fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Deb. We're so happy to have you today. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Ask Mama Amy. Head over to AskMamaAmy.com for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also get my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children so that you can leave them with abundant resources to support them and a total peace of mind. 
If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review to tell us why. See you next time, mamas.